welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, former chronic illness sufferer turned trusted health practitioner. My passion is helping people to identify and address the root causes of their symptoms through my online business, Viva Natural Health. If you're struggling with confusing or stubborn symptoms that just won't go away despite your best efforts, then you're in the right place. If I can heal from a long list of symptoms and conditions, including cystic acne, hair loss, severe food reactions, and brain fog, then you can heal too. Stay tuned for weekly episodes that share expert guest interviews, Q&A, and solo episodes that are all intended to help you wherever you're at on your healing journey. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only, and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm sharing with you 10 science-backed ways to instantly improve your mood. Because I know so many people these days struggle with depression, anxiety, especially this time of year, seasonal affective disorder is a real thing. So with the change of the clocks going back in November, the dark days, especially in places like the UK where we don't really get a summer, especially this year, we didn't really get to enjoy the sunlight. And it seems already that we're heading towards Christmas. And I'm like, where is time going? I'm sure you feel the same. I used to really struggle with seasonal affective disorder and I used to dread winter. I'm okay in the autumn because it's like sunny and it's cold and my birthday's in September so I always feel like that's a nice time but as soon as Halloween passes and we're in November I always used to struggle and now I do prefer the the spring and the summer but and like early autumn but it's nowhere near as bad as it used to so just know that that improves as you heal as you get better if you're really struggling with the the winter blues right now as you get healthier that will lessen and I feel like your overall positivity and outlook changes as you get healthier too so if you're struggling with that or maybe at the moment you're just dealing with a lot of sadness maybe you're worrying about something this episode is going to help you just have these actionable steps and tips just to get you out of that slump get you out of that funk and I also used to struggle with really like feeling self-conscious a lot of anxiety and worry myself because of things like my skin my weight, the fact that I was dealing with health issues and I felt victimized. Um, And I was also, I was becoming a practitioner and I felt really like I had imposter syndrome, the fact that I was meant to be this healthy person and I wasn't, but I've, I've spoken about that before. And now that is no longer the case. And I just feel a lot calmer in my nervous system. Like I used to just feel panicky and I used to, whenever I'd go somewhere, have to research every, every step and have Google Maps up and know exactly which route to drive on. So I've I've calmed down in that aspect. And I did a post on Instagram recently, you might have seen it, a reel about the personality shifts that you can go through when you are healing, because it's not just about the physical transformation that you get. I got my personality back as well, and I, I felt like I came back to my true self, this confident person. I was fun and excited about life. I lost that for so long, for a good 10 years, I think, five, 10 years, because I I love that my skin's clear now and that I'm comfortable in my body again. But 
if I just improved those things, but the, the personality and the mindset hadn't shifted, it wouldn't really matter because if I was still shy, socially awkward, then even if I did have clear skin, I wouldn't even go out the house. So it's great that I've got both. You definitely don't have to pick and choose. Um, but yeah, just know that on the other side of healing isn't just the the fact that you're not bloated anymore and you have energy to do stuff. It's the fact that you can live your life and feel happy in yourself. So in the episode, I'm going to be sharing the 10 things that you can do today, right now, to help yourself and make a change. Because even though people have down days every now and again, that's completely normal. If you are struggling more consistently, if you're dealing with anxiety, depression, maybe it's clinical, maybe it's constant and actual scary problem for you, I totally understand that. That may require more in-depth support, more investigation to improve your mood consistently but it doesn't necessarily mean that something's wrong if you feel sad every now and again or if there's a legitimate reason for it if you're going through a bereavement at the moment or a breakup that's totally understandable that you feel sad but some of you every month are struggling with your mood every two weeks it feels like you're a different person because of your hormones and that's typically due to low progesterone levels or you might need to support your estrogen detox but these things can just help to give you a boost and they might completely shift your mindset and make you feel amazing if you do them every day. But just know that if you are struggling, these 10 tips aren't the be all and end all. There's so much more investigation and work that you could do on your gut health and your mineral levels, all of that stuff I can help with, especially through my one-to-one package. So I have the root cause relief package, which is where I want to direct you if you are needing more more custom support and you can find information on my on my website vivanaturalhealth.co.uk there's a link in the episode show notes and you can either apply to work with me and fill out a little form and I'll see if we're a good fit or if you want to book an enrollment call um, you can do that on my website but let's get into these 10 science-backed ways to instantly improve your mood number one is to get out into the sun so I know I just said that the sun has pretty much left the chat here in the UK, but just know that it hasn't. The sun-like spectrums are still there. It's probably just dark outside and it's maybe covered with clouds, but the sun is still there, obviously. And your your inside lighting might even look brighter than outdoors. So you're like, can I not just stay inside? But it's completely different. So the artificial lighting that's indoors is never going to compare to the full spectrum of light that we're getting from the sun, even on a dark day, a cloudy day, rainy day, or winter's day. It doesn't matter. We just need to get outside, probably even more so in the winter months, because we really need to regulate our circadian rhythm, which is our body clock. And if you're just staying inside all day under artificial room lighting or behind your screens, that is just sending pretty much the same light spectrum all day and all night which is going to mess up your hormones, your thyroid, your metabolism, because our cells need light and light gives us energy and information, but it should be from a natural source. And it is normal for us if you live in the the UK or the Northern Hemisphere to only really make vitamin D in certain times of the year, like half of the year we can make vitamin D, whereas from mid-October to probably March, April, we don't make vitamin D. So that's normal. It's not that everyone has to live in Florida 
where they get sunlight and vitamin D all year round, our bodies have adapted, our genetics have adapted so that we're meant to build up our vitamin D stores in the summer and that sees us through to the winter months. So if you have the luxury of going on a holiday in November, December, that's amazing and definitely make the most of that and you can work on your vitamin D, but we don't have to necessarily be chasing the sun all year round. But some people do do better living in these hotter climates and environments. I would love that, but I know that my body doesn't need that. I can still function living in sunny, (laughs) sunny Manchester. So getting outside into the sun is going to give you so many benefits. Even if you just maybe are struggling with your energy or like bad depression at the moment, you can just sit outside, get yourself a nice little chair outdoors if you have an outdoor space um, and just sit there in your dressing gown first thing in the morning, maybe with a cup of tea. And you don't want to stir directly into the sun. I feel like that's common sense, but you want to make sure that your eyes aren't covered with sunglasses or even regular glasses. They have UV filters on there. Uh, Definitely sunglasses. You're not going to get all of the full benefits. Um, If you are exposing your skin, that's helpful, but the eyes are where we want to be getting the sun. So just have your eyes open. Just have a look around. Maybe take in the scenes of nature that you have nearby or watch the pretty like bird in the sky for a moment. And that's going to help to start your day off on a good note. I feel like everyone should be doing this. Even if you don't have an outdoor space, you can just put your trainers on, go for a quick walk around the block for five minutes, then come in, have your breakfast, have your tea um, and do your morning routine. So we don't have, no one has any excuses. The worst thing that you could do is wake up and the first thing you could do is start scrolling on your phone. Because if that is the first light that you're getting into your eyes, that is the artificial blue light. And that might tell your brain that it's 2 p.m. in the afternoon, even if it's 7 in the morning. So that will cause your body to release a ton of different hormones and cause this hormonal cascade that should be happening at 2 p.m. Whereas when we get natural sunlight and follow the natural fluctuations throughout the day, because the sun spectrum changes like in the morning i think there's a bit more red light in there when the sun's rising and setting and then there's a bit more blue natural blue light in the afternoons so if we just throughout the day have these mini sun breaks just when you take yourself away if you work from home out of your office just stand outside in the garden again just have a little break some fresh air um, or if you work in an office if people are going for a sig break outside you should be able to go just to get some fresh air and get the sun in your eyes that's one of the best things that you can do for your health but especially your mental health because our brains are designed to experience that we're, we're meant to be living outdoors so many of us are cooped up inside 24 7 or we just get a two minute walk from the car to the office every morning and back and that's definitely not enough we're, we're meant to spend a large chunk of our time outside and Yeah, first morning sunlight is a really key thing that can honestly transform your health. So start doing that. But I know when you're in this depressive slump, the last thing that you want to do is go outside, but it can honestly help you a ton. And that's going to be the same with all of these recommendations. You're not going to want to cook yourself a nourishing meal, but if you can just listen to this and force yourself or ask for help, ask for someone to help you cook a lovely meal, then that's just going to get the ball rolling. But you can get in these vicious cycles where you are just self-sabotaging and it's very difficult for you to, to start to feel better. 
that was tip number one. Tip number two kind of ties into this, but I want to give it its own category, its own point. And this is to spend time in nature. So you can do this by sitting out into, into your garden, but I'm talking about really getting out into nature, whether you are lucky enough to live near the ocean, near the beach, or a local forest. Everyone, even if you live in London or New York City, you've got places to go, places to walk around. So please take advantage of that. And you can't deny the feeling when you've just been on like a lovely walk or you spent some time at the beach, you you feel different. And that's because nature provides us with these negative ions that counteract the positive ions in our body and oxidative stress and inflammation. So it's physiologically changing you, but then you're also getting the benefits of number one, the, the sunlight in your eyes, the fresh air. Outdoor air is actually less polluted than indoor air these days. So don't take that as an excuse. If you're living in the city, um, there's things that you can do. You obviously just want to take like the the back routes. You don't want to be walking down like the busy London streets if you can help it. But if you're heading towards a park, then I think you're actually going to get more benefits from doing that than just staying indoors and locking yourself away. In Japanese or I think it's Japanese cultures, they actually prescribe nature therapy as a medical medical treatment for things like high blood pressure and time off work due to stress. They have a term called Shinrin-yoku, which translates to forest bathing. And there's actually, I've, I've been to the Lake District a few times, and one of the, the nature reserves there, they have these, I think, weekly or monthly meetups where you can actually go and do forest bathing with a group of people or these meditations as a group that would be lovely there's nothing like that nearby to me but you can just do it on your own so one of my favorite things to do every day is take my dog norman for a walk and we switch up the routes every few days just so i don't get bored and he doesn't get bored but it's just so nice especially on a dry day i know that it's not as pleasant when it's pouring down and i have to try and time it so that we miss the rain i'll be checking the weather report all day just to find that 30 minute break and and usually I get caught out in the rain still but yeah I just feel so much better and if I'm ever in a funk with my energy and I just feel like something's a bit off the best thing that you can do is move um yeah you can go for a walk even if you love running I'm not like a huge fan of running if you're trying to deal with you're trying to overcome like hormone imbalances but if that makes you feel good I'm not going to tell you to not do that it's just if you're overdoing it you're excessively running you've also got a really high cortisol it may not be the best choice you might actually benefit more from just going for a brisk walk instead or a bike ride even but yeah please go outside every day even if it's just to sit in your garden but extra bonus points if you can just go for a walk in some sort of greenery or by the ocean um put your feet in the ground do some earthing i can guarantee you're going to feel a million times better Number three is to eat a protein-rich meal. This is because protein provides us with amino acids. So as it breaks down in the body, it converts into amino acids, which is like the basic molecules, and they are what build our neurotransmitters. So our brain chemicals um, that help us with motivation and mood and happiness and pleasure, you need amino acids from protein to do that. So if you're eating a really low-protein diet, if you're vegetarian definitely vegan if you are maybe eating enough protein even animal forms but 
have digestive issues so that you're not absorbing that protein. You might have low stomach acid, you might have SIBO, parasite infections. All of those things rob you or stop you absorbing amino acids. So it might be that you're eating plenty or eating eggs and fish, but your needs could actually be higher because you're not fully absorbing everything that you're taking in. So some clients have to tell them to overshoot and just like aim even higher for your protein goals because if you're only absorbing 60% of it, you you want to push yourself a little bit more to eat more just so you're absorbing 80 to 90% instead. So protein-rich meals, I favor the animal protein just because the amino acid profile is a lot more beneficial. You absorb and um, digest the amino acids a lot better from animal protein versus plant protein. You have to worry less about whether you're having a complete protein because with things like beans and lentils and legumes, they do have protein and amino acids in there, but you have to be careful that you're getting enough of all of the different essential amino acids every day. Whereas when you're eating meat, fish, eggs, dairy, seafood, you don't have to think about it. You you don't need to like think about what combination you're having. Just eat, eat it and eat enough of it. Most women that I work with need around 100 grams of protein, but that can go up based on, again, digestive issues, absorption issues, um, whether you're super active, whether you're really tall, all of that plays into it. But every meal should be a protein-rich meal. But especially if you're in this slump again, as I said before, you might not feel up to making that. So ask someone for help. That Don't be ashamed of doing so. Or if you don't know how to cook things properly, people struggle with that. So they're relying more on convenience foods. I mean, start where you're at. If you have to go to M&S and buy a pre-cooked chicken or some prawns or something just to have it ready done or if you want to treat yourself just to go to a restaurant and have them cook it just just to get you back on the roll again of maybe eating animal products or just having someone like cook a nice meal for you and remembering what that does for your mood then just do what you do what you have to do but every meal should be protein rich especially your breakfast but just make your next meal that you have rich in animal protein Animal protein also contains a lot of B vitamins. So this brings us on to step number four, which is to up your B vitamin intake or B vitamin if you're from America. So these B vitamins, there's a whole complex of them, but the most common ones that get spoken about are B12, um, folate, which is B9, um, B5 for energy, but you need B1, you need B2, B3, you need B5, B6. <laughs> Everyone always forgets about the others. They're just so hyper-focused on what their B12 level is. And people have linked that to mood before. So people know when their mood's low. Um, I hear people talking about, like, get your vitamin D checked or make sure you take B B12 supplements at mega high doses. That might not be the case. That could actually make you worse in some ways if you're taking these poor quality, really high dose isolated versions of, of B vitamins. So if you're actually taking B vitamins, a lot of the time it should be a B complex, unless there's like special circumstances where people just need one of the B vitamins short term. Um, but they do work as a family, they work synergistically. So if you're just taking B12, like these sprays that they do or these lozenges, and you're ignoring folate, you could actually get yourself into trouble and cause a folate deficiency. But that's a, another subject. So I wouldn't start with the supplement necessarily because if you're acne prone, then that sometimes can be a trigger. If you have anxiety, too many B vitamins from a supplement 
can be a trigger, but I'm talking about B vitamins from your food. So that's going to be well tolerated. And that ties into the last point, which is eating more protein. So you can get a double whammy, a two-in-one benefit here of just eating some nice grass-fed beef or lamb or eggs if you're up for it. Some offal, things like chicken liver, beef liver, kidneys, hearts, whatever you want to do. But make sure it's got the B vitamins. You can just do a quick Google search, foods high in B vitamins, and just make your next meal packed with those. And these help, along with the amino, amino acids, to create neurotransmitters. Things like dopamine, serotonin, um, norepinephrine, um, what are some other ones? Mm, my mind blinking. Yeah, the, the, the neurotransmitters that we need for us to have good energy. We need it to have even things like thyroid function is so massively tied to your mood. If your thyroid's even slightly off or even your estrogen levels or your cortisol levels are slightly off, that can knock your mood. So we're going to hit all of these things in many different ways by making sure our body has the building blocks to make these hormones. So every hormone and every cell that we make requires cholesterol from healthy fats. We need amino acids from protein. And then the cofactors, the things that help to activate, deactivate, turn on, turn off, get rid of, are the vitamins, minerals, and yeah, things like B vitamins, especially. So that's why I'm talking about that for today. So it's not just all about B12. B6 is a key one really involved in converting your neurotransmitters, activating them. So that would be a go-to place to start. And I, I do a lot of testing of organic acid urine tests, and I commonly see deficient B6. Um, someone's B12 might be fine. That might also be low, but we want to do it food-based first, always. One of my favorite ways to support detox are castor oil packs. They are an old-school naturopathic remedy, which can gently help to open up detox pathways and process toxins like mold and environmental pollutants that many of us are exposed to. Signs of sluggish detox pathways or a high toxic load include headaches, bad breath, puffiness, histamine reactions, skin breakouts, and more. You could always try and make your own castor oil pack like I tried to for some years, but more recently, other amazing practitioners have created really convenient kits that just make the process way easier. They come with a tie around pack that you can put over your liver, which is under the right rib, also support more premenstrual issues like pelvic pain. You can tie the pack around your lower abdomen instead, so they're pretty versatile. My top recommendations are the Castavida pack on Amrita Nutrition if you're in the UK or Europe, whereas if you're in the US, there's the Queen of Thrones pack by Dr. Marisol. Both of these are linked in my Instagram bio and in this podcast show notes. If you want to learn more about the benefits and the science, I actually interviewed Dr. Marisol. So you can check that out on episode 133 of the Hormones in Harmony podcast. And I really hope you love them as much as I do, but let's get back into the episode. Number five is to move your body and get in some exercise. This is another one that you probably would rather do anything else first when you're in this low mood or when you're when you are really worrying you, you just want to like stay in your bed put the covers over your head but if you just get out and move this could just be that walk in nature that we spoke about but if you ch do something that you love and trying to challenge yourself a little bit 
I think it's really going to help because we we sometimes we need to push ourselves outside of our comfort zone to prove to ourselves that we're going to survive. Everything's okay. And even if you're just doing an extra 10 kilograms on your leg press, that is going to be helpful for maybe things within your business or your life, just increasing your confidence in yourself by doing these slightly more challenging things and, and proving that you got through it and you were fine. So with exercise, just do something that you love. It could just be in your kitchen or your living room, putting on a YouTube video or your favorite album and dancing around. I do that commonly. Or it could be signing up to a local yoga class. And that's going to be good because it's got like the meditative, um, spiritual aspect as well. Um, it's quite slow. So if you are really low energy at the moment, it can just help to get you moving somehow. And the, the breath that they do, they, they're very focused on the breath as is Pilates. That can just help to oxygenate the body and also boost your mood. That was a special little bonus tip. Or if you really love running, cycling, swimming, wild swimming, swimming in the ocean, any of these things, just move your body in whatever way you will and can and want to. And a simple walk shouldn't be overlooked either. So when we're moving our body, this is one of the best ways to just get your blood flow going, your lymphatic flow, and it can actually change your gut bacteria. So makes your gut a healthier environment, they found, even after just a few days. And we know now that the gut is massively interconnected with your brain. That is just basically one thing, the gut-brain connection. And it works both ways. So when our gut is off, that's going to affect our brain, our focus, our clarity, our outlook on life, and then vice versa. When we're mentally stressed, when we're worrying, when we're holding on to these limiting beliefs and traumas, that affects our gut too. So something that we can do to optimize our gut health is moving our body and exercising. And if you think of a stagnant body as like a stagnant pond versus a flowing river, a moving body, movement then which of these do you think is going to have the most problems with imbalances infections overgrowths it's going to be the stagnant pond so it's the same with our body and if you were to encapsulate all of the benefits of exercise and put them in a pill that would be the number one best-selling drug in the world it's going to be an antidepressant anti-inflammatory mood booster hormone balancer but we don't want to overdo it so if you're already exercising it doesn't mean the more the better. And for some people, exercise is the stress outlet. It's how they how they end the day and just gets gets all of the the anger out of them or just all of this pent up energy. So if you're listening to this, you're like, right, I need to increase my hour workout to two hours every night just to really boost my mood. That might not be the case. So just take this with a pinch of salt and put it into context for your own life. I'm probably talking to the people mainly who are sedentary or who just aren't prioritizing exercise as much as they should be. But there is also that other camp that I can often work with who are actually overdoing it with the exercise or the form of exercise is a bit incorrect for them at the moment. And they're doing a lot of high pressure things, a lot of stressful hit training, um, group training and they actually don't like it and they're just forcing themselves to do it for some reason, trying to keep up appearances. And I ask them to swap over to a walk in nature or a hike or a Pilates class instead. And there can often be this resistance because they 
have their identity wrapped up in being this super fit person, but actually they need, they can still move their body. It's not like they have to just lay on the couch and rest all the time. It's that they just need to switch it up and support their body a little bit more from where they're at. And then once they're balanced and healthy and thriving again, if they really love the CrossFit classes that they're doing, because they also get a community and team supportive aspect, then that's amazing. So just, yeah, take the exercise one wherever you're at. Number six, how to improve your mood instantly is to focus on what you're grateful for. Gratitude, something I talk about very commonly, but it's for a good reason. So gratitude practice has changed my life and my mindset and my outlook. During my chronic health years, I was always focused on the future and I was also focused on all of the problems that I had, all of the health challenges, all of the foods that I couldn't eat, all of the health imbalances that I was dealing with. And just naturally, my brain was more pessimistic. And that's really common when you have health issues because your body and your brain just aren't functioning as well as they should be. And if you only have a smaller amount of energy every day, it's not going to be put towards these amazing dreams and creative, creative like um, expression and a lot of excitement about life. You're just going to be using that energy to keep your brain functioning and just to keep your digestion moving somewhat. So only when our bodies are more nourished and vital can they start having thoughts about other people or having a, a more positive outlook on life. So if I, when I started to to force myself to do gratitude and it was a bit of a chore to begin with and I didn't really think that it was going to do much, then I, I just had to persevere with it. And then over time, I just started to, realized that my brain was looking for more things to be grateful for this happens very commonly and i would recommend switching it up so gratitude for those who don't know is just being grateful for what you have in the present moment and we're always seeking and wanting more in life and that's just normal and natural and we think like what we don't have like we're missing out on something or the grass is always green and that's just a very typical human behavior but when we actually take a moment and, and reflect on what we already do have. If you're into the law of attraction manifestation work like I am, you know that what you focus on expands. So the more that you're grateful for something, the more that the universe or God, whatever you believe in, is going to send more of that stuff your way. So gratitude practice is either in your head or writing down in the journal, writing maybe three to five things minimum that you're grateful for. And try to switch it up. So if you say every day, I'm grateful for my husband, I'm grateful for my dog, I'm grateful for my job. After a few days, that's going to be very boring and your brain's just going to not want to do that. Whereas if every day you switch it up and try to think of new things that you're grateful for, it keeps your brain and your mind expanded and on the lookout for more things. And try and incorporate things from that day or for the next day that you're excited about if you're doing this the night before. The key time to do it is first thing in the morning or before bed. If you can do both, that's amazing. But it could be the cute dog that you saw and stopped like to stroke for a minute in the afternoon. It could be the compliment that someone gave you at work. It could be the fact that the weather was really bright and dry and you got to go out on your walk and you felt amazing. 
It could be that you started a new uh, protocol with a practitioner or you, um, I don't know, started a new like treatment, some sort of supplement, or you bought yourself a cute new journal, anything like that, you would put it on your gratitude list. And then that will mean that during the day you're looking out for things that you could write. You'll you'll see a, a pretty flower and be like, oh, that's amazing. Like I'll put that on my gratitude list um, tonight. So it's just focusing your mind on more of the positive things. And again, what you focus on expands. So if you're looking for the positive as opposed to the negative, you're going to find it. And this is just going to calm the nervous system. So if we're constantly in comparison mode, if we're constantly in victim mentality, if we're focusing on what we don't have, that's just going to cause a lot of stress and tension in the nervous system and the body. Whereas when we focus on all the things that we do have, a roof over our head, even things like listening to this podcast now, this free information that you have at your fingertips. Um, and yeah, you're, if you are listening to this, you obviously have the luxury of a smartphone or internet access, and there's still millions of people around the world who don't even have that. So this could be a basic gratitude. Even if you're having the worst week of your life right now, there are going to be small things. Maybe it's the um, the support that you're having from someone else. Maybe it's the fact that you have a job. Maybe you hate it. But it's paying the bills right now. And it doesn't be it doesn't have to be that you stay there forever, but it could be, I'm grateful for this right now, but I know that this is gonna change in the future. But right now, I enjoy speaking to Sally in the office once a week because we have a good laugh. But the rest of it, maybe absolutely despise, but that one moment, that one piece of it, you can be grateful for. That's really gonna help. This is gonna help to reduce cortisol in the body and promote things like dopamine and these feel-good factors that can reduce things like depression and anxiety. Number seven is to do something for others. And this is just going to take the attention off yourself. When we have these low moods and down days, we're often very focused on ourselves. We're very introspective. We all we're thinking about is our problems and our worries. So if we do something for others, it starts to get us out of that slump and it starts to paint a bigger picture and show us that the whole world doesn't revolve around us. So don't take this in the wrong way, but I actually needed this at some point in my health journey. Like I remember my mum having these interventions with me where there were some times where I was just depressed because I was on the birth control pill and that was making me depressed or... I was just getting really fed up of my skin being breaking out and I had to go to work and I really didn't want to. And she just really helped me reframe it. And at the time I was like, oh, shut up, mom. Like, you don't know anything. You've not had any struggles. But now I'm like, that is so true. And sometimes you just need someone to remind you that me going to work that day, and I worked at a Sainsbury supermarket at the time, she'd say like, you might have a lovely interaction with an old person today and you're the only person that they spoke to and you can make their day for them. Or she'd sometimes say, oh, it's not like you're working in the coal mine. It's not like you're working down the pit um, like they had to do 100 years ago. You literally go and sit in at a customer service desk for eight hours. I'm, I'm sure you can survive. And that's, at the time, I was like downplaying my symptoms a little bit. So I was a little bit frustrated, but it also helped me to just like not be so focused on myself and like victim mentality 
So if you need that bit of tough love, um, then you might want to just reframe what you're actually going through. And is there anything else? Like, as we're talking at the moment, there's insane, crazy things going on in the world. And in comparison, like how bad is is your problem? Is it something that you're still going to be thinking about in a year's time? If not, then it's probably not worth your attention and your stress. But also, if you are just struggling with anxiety and depression, if you start putting that energy to something else, it could be a local charity, it could be your neighbour, your elderly neighbour who needs their dog walking once a week. And that would really help them out. It would give them a little bit of um, something to like chat to you about. Or it could be that your friend is also dealing with something and you take them out um, on a on a day out or something just to get them out of a slump. But at the same time, it's going to be helping you. So yeah, whatever it is, it could be baking for someone who's just had a baby. It could be um, offering to like run an errand for someone to the post office to pull some letters for your next door neighbor or your partner. Anything like that, if you can do that, it's just going to get you out of your own head, out of your own body. And we always feel good when we do things for other people. And don't expect them to reciprocate in any way or give you something in return. Just do it for, like, from the goodwill of your own heart. And this is something that I also need to do more of. I know that I give a lot on the podcast, but I definitely want to be more charitable and help with like community stuff more. So this is a nice reminder for me. Number eight is to pet a dog, cuddle a baby or your partner. Whatever, if you're afraid of dogs, then maybe this isn't the best point for you. Maybe you're a cat person or you love your guinea pig, whatever you have. It's just to nurture something. So this is, again, similar to the last step of doing something for others, but specifically something as a, as a woman that you can nurture. It could be your plant. This is really helpful. So maybe take the weekend to really nurture your garden and get all of the weeds out and maybe buy yourself a new plant and really take care of it and this is going to help with your oxytocin release your endorphins it's going to bring you back into gratitude again a lot of the time bring you back into the present moment so you're not future pacing and worrying about things and I feel since I've got Norman the dog although the first few weeks were very stressful with him and trying to toilet train him and run my business and deal with him like crying all night so I didn't sleep after all of that that stress he is now like one of the the best things in my life and I love him so much and he brings so much calm and just presence to my life so I can just be working and I'll go downstairs and I'll see him like jumping up with his little wacky tail and he just wants to play um, you might have the same thing with kids at the moment and you'll just be like, what am I worrying about? Or I just need to like chill out, basically. So yeah, it would be to pet a dog. If you're thinking about buying a dog, I, I'm always going to be in favour of that. <laughs> but make sure it's the, the right point in your life or it could be spending time with your partner. Any of those things. And many of these are tying into the next ones. This also ties into the next one if you do have a partner is to have sex or self-pleasure if you don't have a partner. This might be the very last thing on your mind when you're struggling with depression, anxiety, or your mood's off before your period, but it could actually help to break the cycle of low libido. 
So we actually sometimes need to activate this sexual pleasure for it to come back online. And just go really slowly with yourself and just meet yourself where you're at again. So understand that sometimes with hormone imbalances, there comes vaginal dryness and pain. If you have endometriosis and you've also got depression, completely understand that. But you know what I mean in terms of this whole like sexual side of things, just exploring that a little bit more. It could be having a bath, like a bubble bath, and just having some sort of bath oil and massaging your skin and really nurturing yourself and just getting in tune with yourself again. But this has been shown, like with all of them, science-wise to have such an effect on our mood, longevity, and even balancing our hormones. So even though we might not want to because we have hormone imbalances, actually engaging in the sexual pleasure can help with balancing your hormones. So that's why I'm saying sometimes you have to like push yourself, stretch yourself a little bit just to start moving. It's like a rusty wheel. That first couple of turns is going to be the hardest, but once it's going down that hill, it's just like a snowball effect and it just becomes easier and easier and it actually starts feeding in to the next cycle and just overall making you feel feel great. And then the very last point is to change your posture and your body language. So immediately, as I said that, I just sat set up straighter. Um, I was a bit slunched over before. It's a very bad habit that I have. My chiropractor often shows at me. But there's been studies on things like power posing, it's called, and a superwoman pose. So if you stand with your legs slightly apart, further than hip width, your hands on your hips, your shoulders back, straight spine, and a big smile on your face, and a big inhale, hold that for about 30 seconds. And this has even been shown... Um, in science to like reduce your cortisol and increase your testosterone and your um, like your serotonin levels and like all of the good neurotransmitters that we do want higher and it reduces all of the bad ones that we don't want all the ones that cause anxiety and fear if you're going to an interview or something or you have like a big a big life situation that you need to get through if you do a power pose in your bathroom before um, then you're going to feel so much more confident going into that. And just your day-to-day posture, something that Tony Robbins also talks a lot about. He talks about how there'll be someone in the audience at one of his seminars and they're talking about how depressed they are and they're not even looking at him. They're looking down at the floor, they're hunched over, they're breathing really shallowly and he'll get them just to sit back, even talk louder, talk slower and that automatically begins to shift them out of that habit and that pattern because our brain goes into these loops and has these automatic behaviors that when we're feeling shy or when we're feeling introverted, we close our body off. Whereas if we can intervene with that and we can force ourselves to change our posture, that will automatically interrupt that loop, that automatic habit. And then our brain is more likely to be able to be changed the thought is going to be different. Even just smiling. Just smiling is going to send signals to the brain that everything's all right. If you combine that with a deep breath and you really focus on filling the lungs, sending that that warm breath all throughout the body, holding it for a second on the inhale and then releasing everything out with a big sigh, big exhale and give it that extra second longer of an exhale a few rounds of that, maybe an affirmation in your head, everything's fine, I'm okay, I've got this. 
combined with a super wormholes, you're going to be like one half of the world. You're going to be unstoppable with all of those things. But simply just smiling, changing your body language, moving your body, going out for a walk instead of just laying, sitting, that stagnant energy, you are automatically going to feel better and just recognize yourself and catch yourself just every couple of hours when you're at work. Just make sure that your shoulders are back. You have like a relaxed posture. Maybe just realizing that your jaw is really tense or you're, you're grinding your teeth or your muscles are really tight. Sometimes just actively relaxing them. Sometimes tightening them a little bit. It's called a muscle relaxation. So you tense everything up and then you can more easily relax because some people don't know that they are tense and tight. And to ask them to do that, they're like, oh yeah, I actually feel that difference. So those are the 10 tips. I hope that helps you and definitely share this with someone that you love who's struggling with their mood. And don't forget, there's always going to be a reason for your symptoms. So if you need more investigation and personalized support, then I'd love to help you one-to-one. If this is something that you're trying these things and it's maybe giving you short-term relief, but isn't fully like improving your mood. And I'm talking about if this is like a, a chronic thing that you're struggling with, even on and off, but if there's no external reason for it, you don't know why this is happening, you're always just a little bit anxious. And that doesn't mean that that's just who you are either. Don't just think that's your personality. If you've been that way since you were a child, it's likely habitual at that point, or it's likely an imbalance that you've carried until your 20s, 30s, 40s. And the final point that I want to share is that happiness is a choice at the end of the day. This might be controversial, but If you think about it, there is no one thing that is inherently stressful to a human or upsetting. It's going to be your perception over it. Take them something like personal, um, like public speaking. That can be someone's greatest fear. And they've done they've done like quizzes and things on people. And there's people who would actually rather die than go on the stage and speak in front of people. And I used to think that was me. And I actually enjoy it. So there's people who thrive doing it. They love it. It's their career. It's their passion. So that one thing isn't inherently stressful. Or it could be that someone's son died, unfortunately, in a tragic way. But maybe that person wasn't close to them. Or maybe the son was actually a really bad, evil person who did something horrible. Like you, you, You're going to feel something, but it might not be utter, complete grief that someone else might feel when their son dies. So... Yeah, just just have a think about that and make the decision now to be happy. Um, we're not looking overlooking medical problems here, so don't take it the wrong way, but some a lot of people don't realise that they aren't their thoughts. You're not your thoughts. And you need to separate yourself from that thinking brain and that chatter in your mind because that's not you. You're the thinker of your thoughts. So if you can think about what you're thinking about, then there's obviously something else higher than that but that's just that's a whole other episode we could be here for another three hours so I'll just leave you on that point thank you so much for listening I would love to see you post yourself implementing some of these tips going on your walk eating your protein rich meal obviously not the one I mentioned about having sex or self-pleasure please so I don't want to see any of that on my Instagram but I will be sure to repost and tag you if you tag me on the on the picture at Viva Natural Health on Instagram So I'm sending you lots of healing, positive energy for the rest of your day. And I'll see you next week for another episode. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. 
If you did, I would love for you to leave me a rating and review on your podcast app, as this helps to support the show and it allows it to reach more people with this valuable information. Come and say hi over on Instagram. I'm at Viva Natural Health. And if you haven't already, check out my website, vivanaturalhealth.co.uk for tons more free resources and to discover how I could support you further. I currently offer one-on-one consultation packages if you want my top level support, then more affordable group programs and self-paced online courses. So there really is something for everyone. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll see you back here next week for another episode.